Lucy Harwood. Um, so I've done a little bit of digging around and I've discovered. Ricky Grove. Fog comes in on little cat feet. <laughs> Phil Rice. This is the best film that I've seen all year and maybe ever. Damien Valentine. Use the machinima, Luke. We're back for a film review, Machinima. This is, and now for something completely Machinima podcast, I'm Ricky Grove, your host. I'm here with my pals, Phil Rice, Damian Valentine, and the always excellent Tracy Harwood. <laughs> um, this week, we're going to be looking at Phil's pick. Phil always has some of the most interesting and very funny picks, and he, he has gone out on off on the limb, sawed off the limb, and fallen off. <laughs> Phil, tell us about your pick. Yes, this uh, this uh, high high spirited comedy, um, not is called uh, Shelf Life. This was first released uh, fourteen years ago. Um, it is the the name of the uh, YouTube channel that's on is Pixel Eyes Productions. But if I remember right, this was essentially the work of one guy. Uh, one one creator. Uh, there was there was some team involved, but in terms of of driving it and whatnot, there was there was one key person behind it. I can't remember what his name was, but I remember distinctly when this came out. Uh, it's it's made in uh, Half Life Two, uh, in the in the source source engine of that time, and makes just terrific use of the type of facial animation and lip sync and all that, 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 I mean, it really shows the full capabilities. This was a stunner at the time that it was released because uh, a lot of people didn't e either didn't know how to do that in Half-Life 2, or it was just too labor intensive. Um, it's a, it's a, a, a story that, that I think has a similar flavor to the film that we covered last week in that, there's a strangeness to it, an, an unnerving sense throughout it, uh, almost, almost like a, a mix of like Twilight Zone, and there's definitely a, a David Lynch kind of flavor here, maybe even a little bit of Kubrick. It's it's very odd, uh, and strange, and it's it's uh, just delightful. Um, the the amount of detail and um, craftsmanship. That that's involved, and uh, I won't give anything away about the story because it's it's one that's best experienced. Um, it is in two parts, and I think that the reason that it was uploaded in two parts was because of some some file size limits that were in place or, or film duration limits that were in place at the time that it was released. That was that was actually a thing. It's it's easy to take for granted now. You can upload feature films now. Um, but back then it wasn't the case, so he uploaded it in two two parts, um, and so yeah, it's it's best to watch just what it, the story just picks up right where the first part left off, just one right after the other, and uh, it it really stands out. I have no idea what became of Pixel Eye Productions after this. Uh, they were someone that I I kept an eye on and kept hoping that they would make more, and they probably moved on to some to to some kind of professional capacity um, in this you know the world around either video games or virtual production or something like that because there's there's clearly some real skill involved here but uh 
What did you guys think? Do you want me to go next? Yes, please. I can, I can give you some of the backstory here, a little bit that I've managed to dig out. So um, it's uh, another older machinima. Um, and I remember this um, when it was released. Uh, and I remember the respect that the community had for it when it was released. And as I understood it, it was made using content from Half-Life 2, but also content from Portal, Team Fortress, Counter-Strike, and uh, Day of Defeat, and um, obviously all source. Pre-public uh, release of Source Filmmaker, um, and also a bunch of mods were used to create it. And it was, um, it was produced and directed by James Spencer and John Sortland. Who were hmm. who became known as uh, Pixelized Productions, and it was filmed okay. actually inside Gary's mod, and and um, filmed using Fraps, all the old stuff really, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the in the made in the very traditional way, but it was at the time it was released, it was submitted to a whole bunch of machinima accepting festivals in two thousand and nine, and at Bit Film uh, Bit Film Festival, which was in Germany. It came second to a film called The Orchard, which was by a guy called Dan Ross. And it actually won the jury prize award at the Machinima Expo in that year, which I'm guessing, Ricky, you ran. You and Did you both run that, you, you and Phil? Do you remember What that? year was it? 2009. I know Ricky was involved with it then. I'm not sure if I still was or not. Um, okay. the second year. I'm an old man. I don't second remember or third year. anything. Yeah. It'd be the second year of it, of the Machinima Expo, I think. Anyway, it won the Juries Award that year in Machinima Expo. Uh, it won several awards at Shoot, and it won Best Machinima at Cinemanilla. Cinemanilla. Uh, and it was also an official selection at Dragon Con. So it's not a film that, was, uh, that sort of went under the radar at all. Mm -hmm. It was one that was well-recognised uh, in, in what it was doing. Now, these guys, they met in high school. Uh, and they were a, a two-man uh, production team, which uh, began in 2007. Shelf Life itself um, came uh, came to life in late 2008, and by early 2009, it had turned into this kind of dramatic story. So it was kind of an emergent thing that they, they developed over a period of time. And it led to them being included, as I said, in festivals, awards, led to them doing international travel, music videos, and even national TV. Since then, John Sortland um, is now better known. He's actually a musician. Um, I can't find a lot about what James Spencer ended up doing. He was a web developer. Um, in 2013, um, John joined Danger Mouse and James Mercer's collaboration as a live drummer, uh, bassist and keyboardist in Broken Bells. That ultimately led to him joining The Shins in 2016. And that's where he still is, I believe, The Shins. Um, He'd earlier been um, a founder member of the Circus Tents, I think, which was featured in several skateboarding videos in the early 2000s. And that's where he gained his underground following in a punk scene. Um, and since, uh, you know, in, 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 in 2013, um, he also did some animation for The Kroll Show. Um, and most recently, he's been editing on a couple of um, podcast stories which were released uh, in 2022 so he's active but I like I said I couldn't find a lot out about what James Spencer is up to 
You might actually be also interested to know, I found a really old music video that Pixel Eyes did to Evie Kane's Yes, No, Maybe, which um, they created in iClone too. So they were dabbling around with a few of these um, machinima techniques uh, and, and relatively new, new tools, I suppose, uh, back in those days. The film itself, the, the you know, you're right, it's two, it's two parts, one film. Um, it's really a wonderful piece of storytelling. And I think it's 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 an unfinished project though, from what I can see. Just the the, the two videos in the series, because it's 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 of course emulating how it was originally released. Do I remember it correctly that you couldn't upload anything more than 15 minutes? That minutes. was a limit at one point. I think, for, yeah, for a long I think time. you're right. Yeah. 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 So so this would have been about 25 minutes all in all all told, I think, something like that. Um, obviously, it's got a kind of a retro feel about it, but the story is really quite interesting and probably reminiscent of a couple of well-troped sort of um, films conf conflated together. Um, one that comes to my mind is a bit minority reportish. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So the plot, I'll tell you a little bit about the plot because, you know, it, it's fascinating, I think. It's about this scientist going to present some of his research. He's being sought out by someone who's invented what this guy has theorized about and then he gets caught up in some sort of happening imaginary future happening um which is recorded and something bizarre is kind of going on but we never really find out what that is it kind of that's where it ends for me i don't you may have seen more into it but i i kind of felt there was a lot going on here there's a lot of I mean, there's some fabulous editing of, of pulling and pulling this together. It's a really tantalizing story, but you don't know where it's going, um, which are, which is a real shame. Uh, there's some fantastic music to this. I really love the music to this. I don't I couldn't put my hand on where I had heard that music before because it was created by um, uh, John. Uh, it's gone. It kind of got this sort of 90s upbeat sort of vibe to it I couldn't I just could not find where I'd heard it before but I know I've heard it before it might have been from the original viewing of it um if my memory goes that far back anyway um <laughs> some some nine years ago which was about five years after this had been released um Pixel Eyes was still trying to find a way to continue the story um, they said they'd never given up on it. Um, it's just that the rest of their life had basically gotten in the way. Um, and that at the time, they sort of said they needed new hardware, new software, new skills in order to, to continue. And of course, you know, fast forward to today, and that would still be the case. Um, but I was thinking, what on earth would they make this in today? Because they probably wouldn't do it in the same way that they did. Unreal. Their... It would have to be, wouldn't it? I would, I would say it would have to be an unreal type environment that they would make it in um and the tools and the way that they made it just you don't need to do all of that these days it's just you just would make it in such a different way um but i think it's a real shame that they you know they clearly had such amazing creative talent um that they just never pushed the project on um i'd love to see if they could pick it up again and what they might do with it if they did but i suspect this is one of those that sort of stopped at that point and maybe they shouldn't pick it up again. I don't know, but that's, that was my digging around on it. Kali, thank you very much. That's wonderful information on that. Uh, Damien, what are your thoughts on this? 
I thought this was one of those. I said it before about some of the um, older Half Life uh, Two films we've seen before. Is this has aged so well, and you've got a slightly stylized look to it. But the because of the amount of work they spent on animating it and doing the facial movements and the detail of the environment, <clears> this <throat> looks like they could have made it now. Um, because yeah. uh, it, it's that good. Mm. And I thought it held up so well uh, from the because I remember watching it. I don't remember much about what happened in the in the videos when we watched it before for the Mission Expo, but I do remember watching it and I remember being how impressed we were with it back then. And I still am now because I, we've all heard the stories about how difficult it is to use Half Life to make uh, machinima, and you know they there's a huge amount of work to do something like this, and they took the time to learn it, and they took sure. the time to not just learn it but to apply it to the story that they'd written, and to make sure it's the best film that they could make with the technology they had available to them. Um, part of me is kind of curious what would they do with you know Unreal or iPhone or something modern now um, because I think it would just wipe the floor with anything else that people are making because if they put <laughs> that amount of time and energy into a production now as they did back then it would be very impressive so um, if they are watching this I hope they do uh, find a way to continue the story in one of these newer platforms or me maybe too. tell a new story me too um, whatever works uh, there's obviously two very talented people, and because of that skill and the time they put into it, their film from 14 years ago has held up so well that uh, I hope they're, they're pleased with it. I mean, they should be. Yep. You know, I have to apologize because I'm starting the, the early signs of uh, senile senior dementia are happening because I have no recollection of this in the Machiniplex. And I know, and I, again, you know, I, I regret my just a rash act when Machinima.com was going through all of their crazy shit and I was angry at, at them and Machinima. I just deleted gigabytes and gigabytes of stuff. I'm sure I had contacted them and talked to them and I could have had something there, but I just, I got angry and I said, that's it, I'm gone. So I regret doing that because we could have had some interesting stuff with them. Um, I like the film a lot. Uh, it's obviously, the, the thing I liked most was the story and the writing. I thought they were spot on. It really had some odd and unusual stuff, especially early in the, the uh, uh, first episode where he arrives at this institute that uh, he's been asked to come to, and he there's this homeless guy there who gives him this odd interaction between them. Um, it was just really well done. Um, however, the and it, it was perfectly crafted. However, I have to say it was a very traditional film. It fit all of the traditional TV crafting structure. Wide shot, medium shot, close shot, over the shoulder shot, over the shoulder shot. And I think everybody accepts that and they like it and it's easy to understand. But I would have liked a little more creative cinematography in it. Um, it disappointed me a little bit. But then again, the, the job of editing in the Half-Life 2 engine is so immense and so difficult. The fact that they didn't have a, 
lot of time to do creative cinematography is uh, forgivable, certainly, uh, for all of the large amount. And they got so much right. So uh, I think it's a terrific pick, and it does hold up well today. Just wish it would have been a little more creative. Uh-oh. Sorry. They're calling, Ricky. They're not happy with that uh -oh. comment. <laughs> oh, man. Hello? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm old. I didn't answer. There we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. I take that back. It was extremely creative. <laughs> Please don't sue me. Bye. Okay, back to the three of you guys. Um, so that's it. Uh, we, <laughs> we I don't know a... why I was so convinced that this was a single creator. I must be confusing pixelized productions with maybe Sam Goldwater or something who did the Monad, which is part of the Machine Plex collection. There, there were a, there were a few teams during this era that delved into uh, Half Life Two or that whole engine. Like in this case, like Tracy pointed out, they brought in content from the other Source Engine games because there was a the beginnings of a pipeline to do so. Although, frankly, this doesn't look like a mishmash at all. So, how whatever they integrated was very, very. I couldn't done. tell any. Yeah, but I, I thought for sure this was a one one person crew that then disappeared. That's that's somebody else's story out there that maybe we'll cover <laughs> their film at some point. But it was a, a single project, and it was this amazing thing, and then just gone. He's he's for, he's gone for good. Yeah. So that's not them. Thank, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So yep. yeah, it would be nice if they returned to this at some point in another another venue because because yeah, that's that's the gold to be mined from this one for sure is the yep. story, and it leaves you wanting more. That sure does. does. So if you have comments, folks listening to this, um, please uh, send them to talk at completethemachinima.com. We also have show notes with links and a little more background information at our blog at completelymachinima.com. That's it for this week. Uh, uh, we re I really enjoyed this episode, and we'll be back next week with Damien's really interesting pick. So we'll see you. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>